welcome back to Midwestern Fins. I'm one of your hosts, Haggy, here with my other host, Taylor. What's up, Taylor? What's happening, Haggy? I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. I'm very excited, too. Today we are coming at you with the early bit of free agency, along with some Midwestern topics, and we'll even discuss our featured charity, which is going to be fun. favorite part. Mm-hmm. In case you guys missed the last episode, we've because of the uh, the spacing between our recent episodes and that same spacing for at least a little while, we've decided to go away from Charity of the Week towards Featured Charity. So that way we're still bringing awareness to these excellent organizations, but it's kind of awkward when the Charity of the Week is like three, four weeks running. Yeah. So, uh, the hashtag MWFC stands for the Midwestern Fins Featured Charity. And I guess since we're on that topic, Haggy, I think we should, we should start the podcast off today with our featured charity. What do you think? I'm definitely good with that. All right. So, so I, I asked a few people on the timeline if they could give us some suggestions, but we didn't get any. So uh, we're relying on Haggy's excellent research work. So Haggy, why don't you introduce to us uh, this episode's featured charity? I will. And this is kind of, this kind of fits the Midwest vibe. So I was really excited when I found it. In addition to that, it's also a perfect score charity, according to Charity, charity Navigator. Uh, yes, Charity Navigator is such a good website. If you guys haven't heard of Charity Navigator... It's uh, charitynavigator.org, and basically what you can do is you can search any charity um, in their repertoire or whatever, and it'll tell you a rating, and it'll give you a rating that you can uh, see where the money goes, how well it's spent, and other awesome things like that. So we've uh, we've checked it out, and there's a some of most of the charities that we feature uh, have a top high ninety score, if not a hundred. Mm-hmm. We love promoting great charities that it like we like when people are doing it for the right reasons. We feel like the ones that have the high scores are doing it for the right reasons. Absolutely. All right. So with that in mind, our very Midwestern um, charity of the week is in Richmond, Illinois, and it's the Mainstay Therapeutic Farm. So what they do is. They have farm activities such as like riding horses and caring for animals. And they serve a lot of people that have traumatic brain injuries, neurological disorders, intellectual disorders or disabilities, uh, cerebral palsy, uh, people that are on the autism spectrum, uh, social, emotional, behavioral disabilities. I'm reading this off a list. Um, some senior services and memory related um, challenges. Uh, developmental disabilities, physical disabilities, and genetic disabilities. And it's not just like a certain age range. It's anywhere from three years old to 90 years old, which is a pretty good group of people. Yeah, that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. And most of their funding comes through donations. And they have a lot of people that volunteer there. And we just thought looking after, looking around, the looking through it all the information on it that this is a home run like, yeah as you I know taylor and i have to ride our horses everywhere we go so getting using that for a therapeutic reason is top notch yeah so Haggy, uh i actually found this but you want to tell everybody where you can find the uh stay therapeutic farm? absolutely you can find them on their website at mainstayfarm.org and we'll have yeah. a link in our tweets and in the episode description. Absolutely. So just check it out, read it. It's really cool to just see all the awesome charities that we see and you can kind of see what they do and look at pictures of what they are doing and all the people having a really good time. Um, I'm actually on the website right now and I just want to read their mission. So Mainstay's mission is to encourage, enrich, and empower individuals through the therapeutic benefits of horses, animals, and nature in an uplifting and nurturing setting. 
Mainstay is a place where bodies are challenged, minds embrace possibilities, and spirits are renewed. And that just sounds incredible. Absolutely. As we say, mental health is very important. And making sure that everyone is um, empowered is a great thing as well. So there's nothing, there's nothing like getting fresh air, honestly. Like it's one of the things like I I was in DC recently and you know, it's big city, lots of people and just being able to come back home to the Montana air, just nice and refreshing. Even if it is like 20 below, Yeah, not right now, but like, you know what I mean? I, I get what you're saying. But once again, the Midwestern Fins featured charity for this episode is the Mainstay Therapeutic Farm. You can find that at mainstayfarm.org. We will have a link in our tweets as well as a description on this episode. So with that being said, I think it's time to move on. Um, As always, we are a two-part podcast, Midwestern Fins, where we talk about the Midwest and the Miami Dolphins. So, Haggy, I think we have one big topic that we need to discuss about the Midwest. Yes. You ready? Let's go. All right. So I I stumbled upon this thing um, a little bit after our last podcast, but uh, obviously South Dakota gets a lot of snow, and there are a lot of snow plows around. So the South Dakota Department of Transportation held a naming contest for snowplows, 12 winning snowplows throughout the Black Hills and also the rest of So I just kind of wanted to talk about some of these snowplows, if you're cool with it, and and the names, and maybe we can come up with some cool ones on our own. Absolutely. And if I'm being honest, I am, like, super jealous because I've not been able to find any snowplows for my state that are named. Well, there's 12 in South Dakota, and I'm going to I'm gonna read some of them. And there's one that I'm going to hold uh, towards the end just because I want to be able to explain the, uh, the reasoning behind it. But um, here's some of them. Uh, Mount Plowmore, which is obviously referenced to Mount Rushmore. Snow Mater, the Blizzard Wizard, Winter Warrior, Polar Patroller. Thaw Enforcement, Walter the Salter, <laughs> Snowy God Kenobi. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a couple on here. So uh, Lewis and Clark. Um, South Dakota is known for the Lewis and Clark Trail. They kind of uh, just followed the Missouri River. I don't know if they made it to Montana. Did Lewis, it's the Lewis and Clark Trail in Montana. So... Uh, there's actually uh, one of the towns in Montana, Great Falls, where they actually had to get out of the river and walk up around these waterfalls. And it was a pain in the butt. Ah. And so they got a lot of history of Lewis and Clark in that town. And I think they have a museum about it. Yeah. Yeah, there's an interpretive center. and It's pretty nice. So there's uh, one snowplow named Lewis and Clark's. And then the last one, the one that I saved for last, um, they named the snowplow Art, just A-R-T, Art. And it actually is uh, in remembrance of a snowplow driver that operated snowplows in the region for 43 years. And people voted to kind of uh, enshrine him and thank him for his service as a uh, snowplow. So I think that's really cool. That is pretty cool. I like that. Um, honestly, I tried to come up with cool names, but my favorite is definitely Snoopy Gone Kenobi. I think that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, that's that's very clever. Um, I was thinking like, um, oh man, I just lost it. No, I was I was really surprised that it wasn't on here, but I thought for sure someone was going to put like. Plowy McPlow face, and I'm happy that I didn't win. That feel like I think, that's just I think I heard something about that, like someone having that name in Minnesota, though. 
Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Those Minnesotans. Dang it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, Snow Low. Okay. Kind of like Yolo, but I don't know. There's, there is actually, uh, I was just looking and there is one in in Minnesota named Plowy McPlowface. Uh, It looks like there's also one called, oh, just going to plow right past you. Plow. I think, hold on. I think the, oh, just going to plow right past you is the most Midwestern one we found. It's got to be. I think that. I I can't think of well maybe you'll find one in there in that list but I think that's a winner right there. Hope just gonna plow right past you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, classic. Oh, yeah. So interesting. Um, I did see recently that Rapid City, South Dakota, is gonna try to name their garbage trucks. So hopefully the garbage truck names are as funny as the snowplow names. Yeah, that that's a that's definitely something to hope for and. Honestly, there's some super creative people, so I'm sure it'll get done. Yeah. But uh, I, uh, we South Dakota did recently have their, uh, I guess it would be the false spring blizzard. Mm. Um, I know that southern Wyoming and northern Colorado got hit really hard. Uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming had like 37 inches of snow in the middle of March, which is amazing but where i'm at uh the two snowiest months are march and april so the inevitable massive snowstorm blizzard is still yet to happen but it'll be here we still got uh, about 11 days left of march when this podcast uh, airs and i wouldn't be surprised if it happens by the end of the month i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty glad that that storm missed me like i got like maybe like an inch or so yeah, maybe the thing thing that I I have a love hate relationship with the March snow is that it's very sticky and it's very heavy. Mm. It's the type of snow that you can build the most amazing snowmen and igloos and snow forts and yep. all of the great things with it. But it is so heavy to shovel. Like so I've, heavy to shovel and that's not really great for skiing. Right. It's great for sledding, though. You That's can make true, yeah. best, fastest sled tracks with it. Oh, yeah. The coolest is when you have, you know, if you get multiple feet of snow and it's sunny the next day, because this is usually what happens. It'll get dumped on. We'll get dumped on 30 inches or more. And then the next day will be like 65 and sunny. Mm-hmm. But when you're shoveling that snow, the sun, the sun will shine through it and it looks blue. If you guys haven't experienced blue snow yet, it's it's one of my favorite things to see. But it only happens in the spring snowstorms where we get a lot of really wet, heavy snow and the sun's shining through it the next day and it's through, you know, three feet of snow. But it's really mm. cool. I don't really get that, honestly. Yeah, Not where I'm at. Sure, but... If I if I could find a picture of the uh, the blue snow, I will post it to the Midwestern Finster Twitter account so everybody can see what I'm talking about. Perfect, that'd be awesome. So we'll get we'll try and get that picture out for you. Um, personally, the the one thing I don't like about that those days where like it snows really heavy and then the next day it's sunny is it just gets so yeah. freaking bright out. <laughs> you know. Right, and it's that's the that's the worst, I would say. Yeah, you gotta like make sure you got your sunglasses on at all times. Or you're gonna end up running off the road just from the glare or hitting a car. It's the worst. Right. People have been driving a little bit better around here lately, though, so I'm pretty happy with that. There's still been accidents and people running off into the ditch, but like it seems to have calmed down quite a bit, which is very, I'm very optimistic about that. Yeah, we uh, had a pretty bad accident in Rapid City the other day. Some people were just walking down the middle of the road 
after the snowstorm and the three people ended up getting hit by two separate cars and one of them didn't make it through the accident. So if you guys have to walk somewhere, please stay on the sidewalk and stay off the roads, especially when the roads are not good. Visibility yes. bad. And and winter is not the time for bike riding. No, it's not. Drives me nuts when I see that. I mean, obviously, like if it's your only resort, sort sure, but I'm I'm convinced that most of the people I see riding their bikes in the winter are just doing it for exercise, and it's like go to a gym. <laughs> yeah, stay inside. But uh, I guess I was kind of a, a downer. So I guess uh, is there a way we can uh, pick this tempo back up and probably move to the biggest topic of our podcast the Miami Dolphins hey are you ready to move on I am definitely ready to go yeah this has been exciting uh, I know the last few days have been really exciting for me and obviously the Twitter timelines have been second to none so I guess yes. let's just dive right in you're up hey I'll uh I'll, I'll listen to what you got to going on so we started having a conversation and I, I, I'd like to kind of get this out of the way before we go to the free agents, honestly. Okay, fair enough. Where we kind of, we were like, all right, we're going to have to pause this because this is getting to a really good spot and we didn't want to miss out on this. We're talking on whether or not if we trade for Watson, if we should include in Xavier Howard. Yeah. Now, I am all about it because... I want us to have like a legitimately proven good quarterback so I can stop hearing people complain about it. That's honestly a little bit selfish there, right? Yeah. And I love defense 100%. But like this is a chance to hit on something we haven't hit on in like decades, although I love Tannehill and I will keep defending him. Obviously, while he was with us, it, it wasn't working the way we wanted it to. Um, yeah. And then the argument that you put up was deciding if a quarterback that scores touchdowns is more valuable than a player that stopped 10 drives last season. Because That's how many interceptions that he had. Like that's ten potential touchdowns that we that we didn't give up because yeah. of that. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Go ahead Dan. Well, like, well, my argument was um, when you look at football as a whole, the offense tries to score touchdowns. The defense tries to stop drives. So if we were to do a player swap, per se, do do we as football, maybe fans would be bad to say because we're not in charge of football teams by any means. We're ignorant. We don't really know what's going on. But is it more important to have a player that will stop drives more so than a player that might score more touchdowns. So we always want to have players that are going to be flashy. We want players that are going to put points on the board. We want players that are going to make big plays. Now, some of those can be done on both sides of the ball. Big plays and points on the board can be done on both sides of the on the ball, right? Yep. And the ultimate end goal is to have more points than the other team. So for example, Xavier Howard had 10 interceptions last season. Those 10 interceptions, those 10 turnovers, the turnover battle was incredibly important. So if we get rid of Howard, let's remove all of his stats from last season. And maybe we could even include his third down stops, whether it be a pass deflection or a tackle before the first down sticks. Those were all individual effort plays that changed the game by getting the ball back into the offense's hands. Mm. So would we value a player that has 
10 drive-stopping plays over a player that might score 10 touchdowns. And that's 70 points, right? But those 70 points might be applied on both sides of the ball. I agree. And then I think at that point, you got to like look at shelf lives and other and other monetary factors, stuff like that. But the way that the NFL is going with if we take Deshaun Watson, if we're able to not make him mad like the Texans did, then we could have him potentially till he's 40, still producing at a high level. And whereas Xavier Howard, though I love the guy, and I definitely think he got snubbed for Defensive Player of the Year, which I will argue that to my last breath, even though I love defensive linemen. I think... But I'm going to add to that. Okay. Um, I think overall you got to look at the cost-benefit of the lifespan of that position. And in that case, with Xavier Howard... Again, as much as I love the guy, I feel like you gotta you gotta trade for Watson. If it takes X, it takes X, which will suck. But we got Byron Jones, and we got that rookie in the first round that we drafted. So, now what were you gonna say? Um, I guess I mean you said Xavier Howard was snubbed on Defensive Player of the Year. If he played for any other team, I think he would have. I agree. I, don't, I mean, I Stephon Gilmore won last year with the Patriots with worse stats, but he's a Patriot. Right. And I don't want to downplay Aaron Donald's greatness. Oh, Aaron not Donald at all. Is an absolute man, and he is the focus of everyone's game plan every time they play the Rams. He has mm-hmm. to be. But he, I mean, TJ Watt basically had more stats than him in every category. And if we're if we're talking about value, you know, uh, a first down sack is not as valuable as a turnover, in my opinion. Right. Turnovers are vastly more valuable than sacks, unless it's on a third down where you stop a play. And I don't know how many sacks Aaron Donald had on third down, but I just. I think we, I think teams value turnover so tremendously that you would like to have those kind of players on your team. Which this is a little bit of an aside, but I think that's why people value Emmanuel Ogba so much because he hmm. forced a lot of fumbles last season and he was making turnovers. So that's kind of where I'm at with um, trying to not get rid of Xavier Howard. I think that his turnovers that he brings to the team is irreplaceable. But I think touchdowns can be scored in other ways. So I don't I don't know. Oh absolutely. Again, I I really like your turnover argument there. And I give a lot of credit to that. Again, like if this were like if we were saying like maybe trade away like a Devontae Parker type or like trading for like a Devontae Parker or for trading for Landry back, which by the way I'd trade both my first for him. Anyways, side note aside. Um, wow. That's steep asking price. It is, but I, I love Landry. He's the exact type of player that this offense needs and could be for the lot. And, you know, you, I mean, we, we saw him, like how great he was. So I think you'd bring that same fire and be good for whoever's our quarterback in whatever year. But... I digress. Um, if you're looking at like trading for Jarvis Landry, but trading Xavier Howard for it, I wouldn't do it. But with the quarterback being as long-lived as they are nowadays, and with how talented Watson is, I I just couldn't justify not pulling the trigger over X. Well, especially if you've invested so much in cornerbacks, it, it makes sense. Uh, I've kind of been joking, though. If uh, if we do trade away X, it would just be the Dolphins finding a way to justify drafting 
Noah Igbenogany over Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah. True, true. So, um, But you mentioned Agba. It's great that he had those turnovers. We're going to need a little bit more pass rushing from him, and we need to put someone opposite of him so he can really shine. Because a lot of those plays, he was just a free rusher on a, on a heavy blitz, and it's not a sustainable pattern on defense, I don't think. We need to be able to sometime we need to like when we went to Buffalo, we were like blitzing heavy early. We had Josh Allen out of rhythm. He got picked off. But then when we had to not be able to blitz, we weren't getting anything on him. And his offensive line is amazing, which is why he was so good last year. I'll die on that hill. Um yeah. but we need somebody to get that clock going and one on one with a tackle. Unfortunately, Agma's not quite there yet. He needs to go visit that uh, pass rush doctor in Atlanta for a little bit. So, um, I think I mentioned it last time we recorded. Uh, if you're if you're a team that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, you should want that. You should want Sean Watson. So, yeah, and I hope everything works out in the proper way with what's going on with him off the field. Like I I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like say hey like this is all fake or all this or whatever. I'm not gonna go either way. I want the process to be examined properly and if this was something that happened then I want Deshaun Watson to be properly punished. Yes, I think that's completely fair. So. But uh, I guess here's the uh, next big portion. Uh, if you don't have anything to add, let's, let's jump into this, this free agency market. I think for the last few days, people have been expecting so much more mm-hmm. from the Dolphins as far as signing free agents. And I think a lot of that has to do with our previous year's experience and getting used to the ginormous splashy signings that people were excited to see because they were bringing a superstar player to South Beach and spending a lot of money to do so. And I think there was three years in a row where the Dolphins had the number one free agent target. Mike Wallace, Dominic and Sue, and Brandon Albert were all three of the biggest, highest-paid free agent contracts. Yeah, now, I think I think Mike Wallace had a one ten touchdown season, which is great, but it's not worth as much money as we gave him. Right. Dominic Sue, however, probably was worth every penny that we paid him. And it didn't it was, show up on the stat block, but it showed up elsewhere. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that because they only look at stats. But. Yeah. That that one season where we had Olivier Vernon, Dominic and Sue, and Cameron Wake was amazing. And mm-hmm. I don't know how he didn't win more games with that team. Uh, yeah, Brent Albert you. was a very serviceable left tackle. I thought that he did excellent, and he kind of helped us transition Laramie Tunsil into the left tackle that he became, and then obviously gave us all the things that we did to get into the situation where now is the only team in the NFL with two first rounds, and one of them happens to be pick number three. So, um, I think I think that Dolphins fans were expecting something like that, just because that's something we're used to. Uh, last year, the Dolphins gave out more guaranteed money than anybody ever, and mm-hmm. we've already traded away and released two of those big signings in Kyle Van Noy and Shaq Lawson. So, yep. Got rid of Ted Karras, too. Right. Um, the uh, Kamu Grugier-Hill, he's gone, too. Yep. And so is uh, Matt Breda. We haven't re-signed him yet, even though we traded for him as a fifth-round draft pick. So, right. But, I mean, Florent, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into and that. He wasn't used anyway. Obviously, Jordan Howard as well. Yeah. I mean, solicited quite a few big free agent signings. So, um, I will, I'll keep that in mind as we move forward. But 
if you don't if you don't mind, I think I'm just going to run through this list of current signings, and if we want to stop on each one, we can, or unless you have a different plan. That sound okay? We'll just go. We can get a quick, like, hey, I like this. I don't like this. Like, nothing too flashy. We've got – there's all sorts of other podcasts that will do deep dives on players and how much they mean and how good of a fit they're in the system. But – I just have one common trend that I've noticed, and I think it's I think it might be important, but um, sure. If you do damned, if you don't is going to be a topic always. So, right. uh, The first one on the list that I have is Keith and Carter. He's a fullback tight end special teams player. Got signed to a three year deal. I don't even know anything about this guy. And honestly, I've always wanted a fullback on the team. I miss having Lusaka polite, but we drafted Chandler, Chandler Cox and never used him. So I think this is pretty clear that he's just going to be a special teams player, especially with a big tight end group already. Mike Kosicki, Adam Shaheen, and Durham Smythe. I, I don't I don't see him overtaking any of them. I agree. And um, I made a sarcastic comment about them signing and had some people of the mentions like, well, let me tell you something, buddy. And I'm like, guys, you, you're missing the point. <laughs> like, just relax. But yeah, the next one, um, I don't know if you're excited about it, but I am a little bit. Uh, Vince Beagle signed a one-year deal to return to the Dolphins after tearing his Achilles last year um, in, in the preseason. I guess it was, you know, he, he wasn't able to do it, but I think at one point Vince Beagle led the team in sacks in the year that we went five and eleven. Yep, in tank five. season. Yeah, but I mean five I, sacks in a rotational player is pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 cool. Like he'll provide some depth or whatever. I'm not relying on him to be like amazing or anything. I don't think anyone really is. But hey, that's he's probably also going to get some special teams work, and I'm good with it. You still need help as an edge rusher, like an actual legit one, like good, good every down edge rusher. But I'll digress again for now. Uh, here's a here's a big one, and I know that you're going to be upset about it, but the Dolphins signed Michael Pilardi, the punter from the Panthers, to replace uh, your hero Matt Hawk. What do you think about this? Um, I don't know a lot about. Pilardi, but I am disappointed because Hawk was really good at pinning people down, like inside the 20, inside the 10. But if they're trying to go in a different direction, like it makes sense, I suppose. So, again, I, I'm a I'm a Hawk guy, but I know that you weren't you didn't like him very much because he wouldn't like switch field positions. Yeah, he. I didn't feel like he was good at, you know, really pushing him back when he needed to. The big one that really stuck out to me was Week 17. Uh, the kicker, the punt return that went back for the touchdown was mm. only a 37-yard punt. It wasn't high. It didn't have airtime. It was just right down the middle, 37 yards. Yeah, obviously I, got so. Maybe that was a win thing because I noticed in that game also that two was under throwing quite a bit. And like it looked like his arm was dead, so maybe like maybe there was like a wind. But again, yeah. that's maybe I that's understand. why Josh Allen threw all seventy yards. Maybe I mean going the going the right way, but <laughs> you know, I know can, I think he can launch it probably farther than that. Honestly, yeah, probably he's got a big arm. Uh, next one. Running back Malcolm Brown from the Rams. Um, I think I had him on my fantasy team for a little bit, but we need yeah, depth maybe. there anyway. So, well, Jordan Howard's gone. Matt Breed is gone. We still have Miles Gaskin and Salvon Ahmed. So, I think Miles Gaskin is RB one right now. But as we saw last year and forever, the Dolphins hate running backs, and Flores hates running backs too. So. Yeah. What exactly might he bring to the table? I have no idea. 
I mean, he's no, been in the NFL for six years and only had 400 yards. So, I know a lot of people want Najee Harris, but due to that track record, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna pick up a big name running back. Honestly, like maybe Trey Sermon in the later rounds, but like that'd probably be the, the biggest name. Even though I want the or I want uh, Williams out of North Carolina. But if, if there's any if there's anything that the Dolphins steadily good at in the last few seasons is drafting running backs well in the later rounds. Um, Kenyon Drake was an excellent draft pick. It sucked that they got rid of him, but he was drafted hey. in the third round. Yeah. Miles Gaskin a seventh round draft pick or undrafted, I can't remember. He's seventh round. JHI was a fifth round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Lamar Miller was like a fifth round draft pick so I mean we can't put all of those on Greer but I think I think that's been a, a decent trend for the Dolphins is getting good running backs or at least valuable running backs in later rounds so we'll see I agree. I'd be okay with investing in running back in the first round I mean we saw what Christian McCaffrey can do mm-hmm. there, there are plenty of running backs that have been drafted high that have done well Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Elliott, like you said, Saquon. McCaffrey, and like I like Gaskin, but like I, I think we need like, I think he's like part of the punch. Like we need a one-two punch. Whether he's the, the change of pace, like speedy, more speedy back, even though he's not like super fast, you know, but like the speedier than like a heavy bruising back, or we get like a really fast back and have him be like the, the the normal running back, you know? Right. But we'll see how this goes. Uh, next one, Adam Pankey, already on the Dolphins. He's just going to be a depth guy. I honestly don't even know who he is. So Never heard of him, but good on him. Yeah. Uh, next one, Robert Foster from the Bills. Uh, I know that he had a pretty good, uh, pretty good game against us. And the big one here is he averages 20 yards a catch. That's pretty good. Yeah, he's a speedy guy. Um, so when he touches the ball, he usually gets some good yards. But I don't see him uh, doing a whole lot. But another note, uh, he played his final season at Alabama with Tua. So he might, he might be... Something that kind of leans towards the Dolphins bringing in a familiar face for Tua. But that's only if he's on the team still. Eh. That's fair. That's I know fair. everyone's gushing over Waddle and Devonta Smith, but like I don't want to be Alabama Southeast, personally. But, I mean... The Patriot South, so... That's true. Speaking we are Patriot South, the uh, Dolphins basically swapped Devon Godshaw who went to the Patriots for the Patriots defensive tackle, Adam Butler. I'm good so, with this, 100%. We needed more D-tackle stuff, although I hate to see Gotcha go. I would, I wish we would have kept him, too. Like, we need we need people moving, moving other guys up front, help with that yeah. running game. Although we also got that, um, we got uh, McKinney from... Houston in a trade too, which help, will help our running game too. Him and Baker will be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for Benardrick McKinney, but I wasn't ready to talk about him yet. But I guess since we're here right now, might as well. Um, yeah. So obviously the Dolphins traded Shaq Lawson for Benardrick McKinney, which I have been a fan of Benardrick McKinney since he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird that we had this like infatuation with Texans players, but I'm not mad about this. I think, I think it was kind of the follow-up to Kyle Van Noy leaving. And Mm -hmm. I know that some people viewed Van Noy as like an edge rusher or however, but it was pretty clear he was the middle linebacker on the team, but we've never had like a middle line. We haven't had a middle linebacker trolls the defense and make plays and makes a lot of tackles since Carlos Dansby, in my opinion. So, yep. I think McKinney is exactly the guy 
that the Dolphins need moving forward, which is going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at some of his stats. He only played four games last season because uh, he got hurt. But in the previous four seasons, he averaged well over 100 tackles a season. And one season, he had 129 tackles in one season. So that's the kind of guy that we need on the team so that Jerome Baker doesn't have to be that guy. I think Mm -hmm. Jerome Baker has a really excellent skill set. But like I said before, and like I said last season, I think that the Dolphins have been asking too much of him. So if he can really hone in on a position, whether it be an outside linebacker that pass rushes and does coverage, rather than being the sideline to sideline guy, mm-hmm. if Bernard Kinney can be the sideline to sideline guy, I'm all for it. I would much rather him do that than Jerome Baker. So I am too. The two of them would be a really good duo. I think so too. I like how, <laughs> like, uh, like, yeah, we're not going to give a bunch of insight, and then we go and t- start rambling about people. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's my bad, too. I, I, it's I go good. in rants, too. So um, who's the, next on our list? Uh, next on the list is cornerback Justin Coleman from the Lions. So last season, Coleman signed – or, well, 2019, he signed a huge contract with the Lions. It was like four years for $36 million. He was one of the highest-paid slot corners at the time. But uh, he did not do well last season. So he's coming to the Dolphins on a one-year deal. And it sounded like he's been, he was with um, Flores in New England for a couple seasons. So I think that was probably the, the main reason for him coming on a board. And mm-hmm. honestly, if Justin Coleman's replacing Nick Needham, I'm here for it. Yes. Nick Needham can get off the team because we definitely don't need him. Like, he gets some opportunity plays where, like, there's a tip and he'll, like, make the interception. But, honestly, he just he just has trouble keeping up with the faster slot receivers. And he got burnt so badly in our last game against the Bills. Like, it was just yeah. not great to watch. Yeah. The only, the only thing that's weird about I think there's a lot of people that say you can never have enough corners. And I don't think it's unreasonable for a team to carry seven on just because they're on the fields and they got to run so much. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if the Dolphins are planning on utilizing Noah Igbenogany so that he can be, you know, the, the next guy up on the list, if Xavier Howard leaves or if Xavier Howard stays and it's Byron Jones and Xavier Howard again for, a few more years, that slot guy is going to be really important. And Absolutely. if anything, this move brings competition in. You know, yep. Justin Coleman being an experienced slot corner that's done well, that's played with Flores, might be the guy that's going to come in and be like, all right, Noah, like, you better beat me out for my spot. And then Byron Jones is going to be like, all right, man, you better beat me for my spot. Xavier Howard is going to obviously have his spot. But mm-hmm. a good cornerback room, is so important because it gives the pass rusher just a little bit more time. Same yep. vice versa. So and I think our pass rushers need it. Sorry, I think I'm, this is, I'm being so petty about it. Yeah, there's so many options. Is, yeah, there sorry, is. I'm, it's all good. I think this is my favorite signing so far. Um, I like that I think, a lot. I think he's going to do a lot of really good things. And like I said, if if he's the guy that bumps Nick Needham off the team, he's already one of my favorite players. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, next one. Here's a big one, which is really weird, and I think it was kind of unexpected. But uh, the Dolphins signed Matt Skira from the Ravens to play center. But again, it's a one-year deal. Um, who knows if he's going to be better at carries? I wouldn't be able to tell you. I I saw some sort of um, stat block on Twitter that said like uh, he was 10th in run block win rate and fourth in pass block win rate, which is really good. Yeah. That's so, really big. So I don't know how old he is or anything like that. And it's just a one year deal, which maybe 
because the cap went down, they're doing a lot of one-year deals so that everyone can um, make a lot more money next year. But this is uh, if it, if he plays at that level, then I'll be happy with it. We got two uh, two more free agents, and then I'm going to talk about what you just kind of brought up the one-year deal thing. So um, next one, and this is my second favorite one, but Jacoby Brissett. I think this was really unexpected, but I like it. And I think you and I talked about it before Tua was drafted. You know, uh, last year, when around this time last year, we were talking about free agent quarterbacks that we might like to bring in. And I think you and I had both said Jacoby Brissett was on our list. We might have. I'd have to listen back. Yeah, but I think he is the perfect backup quarterback because he has experience winning games. And again, this is the pipeline. He played with Flores New England. Now, I know mm-hmm. Flores was a defensive coach, but we know what you know. Flores was throwing against Jacoby Brissett, and saw what Jacoby Brissett could do against him. So this is a, this is a really good one. It's a five, $5 million guaranteed worth up to $7.5 I don't really want to play with the numbers, but it seems to make sense. Mm-hmm. And if we're paying Kobe Brissett $7.5 million and Ryan Fitzpatrick is getting $10 million for Washington, it's a good move. Yeah. And honestly, there was one season before he got injured where he was just lighting on fires, the one before they had Philip Rivers last year. Yeah. And then he, of course, got injured, so he didn't play really the rest of the season. But if he can get back into that form, then he's pushing Tua. But, I mean, nope, I almost got petty there. I'm just going to stop right there before I upset all of the Tua stands. Yeah. Um, now I think we have the big the big signing left. Yeah, the big signing. Uh, as of today, it was a little bit this afternoon. Again, another one-year deal. The most expensive free agent we signed. Wide receiver Will Fuller from, you guessed it, the Texans. Now, I think that this Either is the a Texans really, or the Pats, really, it seems like. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting signing. Um, Will Fuller's a speed guy that obviously the Dolphins have been lacking. I mean, Shaquem Grant's very fast, not going to lie, but he is not a deep threat. Uh, Nobody's scared of him. Guy, he's the type of guy that you got to get in open field and then let him make a move um, like you would in a return game. But Will mm-hmm. Fuller's the type of guy that can run route and actually get separation. So that's why they're paying him over $10 million for a one-year deal. Um, the biggest splash, he brings a lot of playmaking ability, done really cool stuff, and I think he's the guy that is going to complement, hopefully, a healthy Devontae Parker. And more importantly, uh, think, a healthy Preston Williams. We love you, fam. We do love Preston Williams. He will. But here's the thing is I think Will Fuller has a injury history. Uh, he also mm. got in trouble last year. So he's yeah. serving a six-game suspension. He was able to serve five of them. So he has to serve one more, which will be week one. But mm-hmm. the thing that I like about this move is that it's going to show both Devontae Parker and Preston Williams that it's important to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Because I think if the Dolphins are planning on keeping this wide receiver room right now, whether it be Alan Hearns, Albert Robinson, or Albert Williams, sorry. Oh my Wilson, God. Yeah. Albert Wilson, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, all of them have injury history. Mm-hmm. This is the year right now that they have to stay healthy. All yep. of them. And I'm not sure what they need to do, but having a preseason is going to be important. Um, doing the right things. Off the field is going to be really important. Avoiding touchdown celebrations is going to be important. So, yeah. I I still I love Wilkins. Dolphins. I still hope that the Dolphins get another wide receiver. But I don't know. I couldn't tell you who I want. Yeah, I think and- Jamar Chase is going to be excellent. But who knows if Jamar Chase is going to be Justin Jefferson. He's not. But Will right. Fuller's a proven player. And I think something that I've been wanting to kind of talk about, but that I've said before, and now I'm going to say again, it's really important to get established players. 
mm-hmm. rather than relying on a draft pick to maybe be a great player. I think the upside of draft picks, because you might not, you don't know what they are capable of, is really important. But mm-hmm. like Deshaun Watson, for example, if you have the option to choose between Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, like let's say, let's say the Jaguars are talking to the Texans, and the Texans are like, "All right, man, we'll give you Deshaun Watson for your first pick, and that's it. Period. Like just a straight swap." Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson has already shown you what he is capable of. And Trevor Lawrence's ceiling might be higher than Deshaun Watson's. But we don't know that. We know what Deshaun Watson's capable of bringing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where valuing draft picks is so weird to me. And I think a big portion of it's money, honestly. It's got to be. There's so much more to the game that we don't understand. But uh, it'll be interesting. The only thing that I don't like about Will Fuller is he has yet to record a 1,000-yard t- season. And I don't know if that's as important into today's NFL because we have so many teams with so many wide receivers. Well, but let's think about this a little bit, right? Will Fuller last year had his five of six games suspended, right? Yep. And then the year before, on the other side of him was DeAndre Hopkins. Right. For like years. So DeAndre is getting more of those deep bombs in that case, just throwing it up and hoping it sticks. So that's kind of my theory on that a little bit because you don't normally see 2,000 yard receivers on the same team, I feel like. Yeah, you probably don't. Um, The big one that sticks in my head was Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson when they played for the Jaguars. Yeah. And that's been, that that was a while ago. Um, well, and I guess I didn't really think about it. We talked about it a little bit, but his injury history, too. He's only played more than 11 games one time in five years. Mm-hmm. He's missed 27 out of 80 games. That's so a big chunk. That's, that's quite a bit. And like I said, this is going to be really important for the Dolphins and their trainers and coaches to make sure that this wide receiver room stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Devontae Parker can't miss time. Preston Williams won't be able to miss time. Albert Wilson cannot miss time. Same thing with Will Fuller. Those four guys, if they're going to be the top four dudes, they need to stay healthy the whole season because yeah. continuity and just chemistry between all of them is so valuable. And we saw that last year when wide receivers started to go down, how hard it was to move the ball. And thank yep. God had a good tight end group. Yeah. I'm very excited to see them with like a good wide receiver group around them. Because then that'll take the pressure off them a little bit and vice versa. It'd be a good symbiotic relationship. Right. So. But that's all. That's the big uh, free agency things. Oh, we also traded Tennessee for a tackle. He was a first round mm-hmm. pick last year. He only played like three snaps because he was kind of like struggling off the field with stuff. So I'm hoping like that Brian Flores is able to like get his ball rolling a little bit, get the fire under him a little bit, get him back on track. Because if that's the case, then we're going to have a really solid young O-line potentially, depending on how these guys develop in the offseason. If Isaiah Wilson does his thing and becomes a starter or something like that. I think that's going to be huge. Um, I don't, I don't know if Robert Hunt is a guard, but let's say we go out and draft a center this year. And the left tackle is Andrew Jackson, the left guard, Solomon Kinley. The center might be a guy like Creed Humphrey. The right guards, Robert Hunt. Well, it'd be fair at least for this season. And then the, the right tackle is Isaiah Wilson. Is that his name? Yeah, I believe so. If if it's those guys, like that's that's so massive to build on to move forward down the stretch. Yeah, that's almost that's, like thinking back when the Cowboys used to spend like every first round pick on O line for that oh, little that bit. Was fantastic. Yeah, if we can get to that level, I would be 
ecstatic. But we'll see how it goes. No expectations. Right. Um, we're getting pretty close to wrapping it up. Haggy, do you have anybody that's still a free agent that you would like the Dolphins to pursue? I'm I have one. Gonna, that I'm not I even going to say any. Like at this point, like I've been so disappointed with how they just. Well, I guess or I guess Barrett didn't actually hit free agency technically, so I guess that one I understand. But we had another shot at Yannick and Nope, and then Reddick, and I'm. We just. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's it's it. We need somebody good in the edge rushing thing. I guess we had J- Davian Clowney still available, but I don't know. He overrated. doesn't really excite me. Yeah, I think he's overrated. Yeah. But uh, here's one for you. The Broncos and Philip Lindsay agreed oh. to part ways. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there is no uh, tender on Philip Lindsay anymore. So he is officially a free agent. Uh, he's 27. Take him in a heartbeat. He's had 3,000 yards in the last three, three seasons. So... I think Philip Lindsay would be really cool, but I did read that the Dolphins are working on trying to get Chris Carson from the Seahawks. So that'd be cool with either, honestly. Um, Lindsay uh, Lindsay didn't get a thousand last season, but he was injured half the season. So, but I think he definitely would have made it to a thousand because of his, like even with Melvin Gordon there. He's yeah. he's really solid as a running back. I know my friends that are Broncos fans like him, and are disappointed that they're getting rid of him. But uh, I do have one free agent that I would like the Dolphins to look at, and I I don't know if if it would be any sense for the Dolphins, but I think that Malik Hooker would be an interesting try to bring on. He was the safety for the Colts, right? Yeah. He's had some injury history. Uh, He only played two games last season because he tore his Achilles. But, man, he was a first-round draft pick. He was stellar when he played for Ohio State. And, honestly, if he was healthy and was able to play for, you know, eight games this season on a one-year deal, He's got to be an upgrade over Bobby McCain. It's got to be, right? I feel like that's probably the case. Yeah, I'm hoping that Brandon Jones develops personally. He's able to take more of that role. He was just a rookie last year, and safety is a pretty hard position to like be able to just step in day one. But you saw him in there a lot. Yeah, I, I like. He's one of my he's one of my favorite players on the defense. I think like or like favorite up and coming players. So we'll see how it goes, but it should be fun. Yeah, but I think we're reaching our time limit. So I just want to add: make sure you guys check out the Midwestern Fins Feature Charity, the Mainstay Therapeutic Farm. Yep, at Mainstay Mainstayfarm.org. Check them out, Midwestern Fins Feature Charity. And like always, if you guys have a suggestion for us to feature a charity on our podcast, please let us know. You can always find us at Midwestern Fins on Twitter. You can find myself at Ballard78 on Twitter. And you're always more than welcome to reach out to Haggy or I anytime. Absolutely. I may be a sarcastic asshole in the tweets, but like, yeah, not not that way in the DMs, I guess. (laughs) Fair enough. So, uh, Haggy, I think that went pretty well. So I'm excited for the next one. And we'll just keep building from here. Sounds good. I'm Thanks for listening, well. everybody. Appreciate yep. you guys tuning in. Stay safe out there. Right. And always ends up. <laughs> <laughs>